Hey, My Mom's Basement listeners, you can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube, and Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Shall I take your order, or do you need a minute? Ah, yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah, now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry, I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. We are here to recap the third episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, starring none other than Baron Zemo. We told you. We were on Zemo Watch. We got the ski mask. I even flew with him. I'm on vacation right now. I'm in Malibu. I flew with these in my luggage. I said to my girlfriend, I was like, can you imagine that TSA opens it? They see all these purple ski masks in my luggage. They're going to think I'm trying to take this plane down. If at any point in this podcast you hear a... That means the FBI or the CIA has found Rob Fox. Or that maybe the goddamn Avengers, Falcon Winter Soldier, may come in and just punch him in the mouth, and I'll just I'll record the rest of the episode with them. Um, but a little treat for everyone watching on YouTube. You guys got to subscribe to the YouTube. Give the thumbs up. You don't know what kind of stuff Bob Fox is going to cook in his brain. He has me wearing masks. I can't see a thing. <laughs> I can't either. Like we got to take these off. It's too foggy. It's too foggy. Oh, my God. That was oh well thought out as we did. Is, we a whole pandemic. We haven't learned that you can't Ooh. wear masks and glasses. <laughs> we got to get that. I hear there's like an anti-fog spray for the glasses. We got to get that. I'm sure Falcon has it in his goggles. And that's what we're <laughs> here to talk about. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Episode 3. It went down this weekend. I just mentioned I'm on vacation. Clem has a jam-packed weekend himself. So we're on a bit of a tight schedule this week with Easter. And he's got AJ's birthday this weekend, too. Shout out, AJ. Happy birthday. Shout out, AJ. Our own little Um, supervillain. Our own own little Baron Zemo. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, But what did you think of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Episode 3? Just general thoughts to start off this podcast. So the big story coming into it uh, leading up was how it was going to be a 50 minute runtime and all that stuff, which I think WandaVision was especially the case because we thought there was going to be all these, you know, Easter eggs and crazy reveals and all that stuff. But uh, with Falcon Winter Soldier, it just kind of hammers home how crazy it is to see these um, movies essentially being kind of shrunk into like TV bite sized form. And I, you know, I'm sure the, the, the listeners, the basement boys and girls will let us know if there's anything like this, but I feel like. It's not – I can't think of an example of where you have these movie characters who then go into a TV show and then – I can't imagine that. I, I don't remember anything like that in general, let alone where it then seems like a mini movie. And I think it's part of the streaming and obviously the way Disney owns all this. It's such a massive company that can do something like that. Uh, but this episode was – I mean, just the visuals and everything was just so cool and it felt like deep, man. There was a lot of depth to everything, so I thought it was sweet. I thought it was great. I loved it. I thought, I mean, when you said that, the the movie characters going into TV, the first thing that comes to mind, and it's different, is Star Trek, like TV characters mm. going into movies. It's the opposite. But here, they're like literally giving us A-list movie stars at this point, I would say, like Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie. Everyone knows who they are. If you're an Avenger, you're well known. And we get them for 50 minutes. We get to flesh out those characters more than ever, and especially a character like Baron Zemo, who we got a little bit of in Civil War, right? We got, like, he was making the team break up the whole time. He was leading them in the right directions. This episode, we saw probably more of him than we saw in that whole movie. And he stole the show. Every scene he was in, I thought Baron Zemo was fantastic. 
What a fucking the, the it's the Zemo heist. That's basically what it is. He heisted the shit out of it. Um, I'm telling you, Bob, you know how I get with these villains. I'm starting to fall in love with Zemo, and I know I'm not alone. I know uh based on our mentions that we both are getting tagged on, I'm not alone. I'm falling for fucking Zemo right now. Even I'm falling for Zemo, bro. Even I'm falling for Zemo, the biggest cap guy in the world. I'm like, fuck, I would be right there with uh Bucky breaking him out of that prison. Um, let's get right into the episode. Let's waste no more time. I'll tell everyone about three chi real quick and we'll talk about the episode in depth. 3Chi is the industry leader in Delta 8 THC products. All of these products are formulated by a biochemist and made in the USA with USA grown hemp. 3Chi's Delta 8 is a federally legal version of THC and is a more functional alternative to marijuana. Gives you that amazing buzz and a great body feel, but with a clear head and less anxiety and paranoia. I swear by this stuff. I tell you about it every week. It's available online at 3Chi.com. That's the number three, CHI.com and at retailers around the country. Now they've got it in stores. Maybe it's the basement listeners giving them a big push. I certainly hope so. Must be 21 or older to purchase. And remember, this is not CBD. It is psychoactive. It will give you a buzz. So please use it responsibly. You could go overboard with this. You don't want to, though. You want to stay in that nice buzzed body feel zone. That's where you feel the best. Take a little three cheat, throw on the new episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and you will have yourself a great time. Use the promo code MMB at checkout, and you will receive 5% off your order. You can get vapes, gummies, tinctures, oils, even cookies now. Again, that is 3Chi.com, promo code MMB. All right, you ready to get into it, Clem? Let's rock and roll. So we kick things off this week with a commercial, almost WandaVision-esque, where we see the Global Recreation Council. I think that's right. Or Global Repatriation Yes. Uh, that's a hard word to say. Don't make me fucking say those words, Kevin Feige. You know I'm not good with that stuff on the podcast. I'm all, I got all the three chi going in my brain. But we see the, well, I'll call it the GRC, talking about how they're helping the displaced people after the blip. It's very much a WandaVision commercial in that it's just kind of a bland what you would expect this commercial to look like in-universe. We immediately see a GRC truck show up and Cap jumps out. I thought that was a cool way to kick things off. He infiltrates the place where the Flag Smashers were being held captive, or not captive. What's the word for that? Sheltered? Or they... Sheltered, exactly. He goes up to that guy that was helping out right away, and he's like, where are the names? Carly, uh, Carly, whatever her name is. Where is she? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He spits in John Walker's face, and then John Walker, an all-time douchey move from Captain America, slams this guy against the wall and says, do you know who I am? Hardo. <laughs> Hardo. We said last week, if anyone could pull that card, it's an Avenger, right? When the cops stopped Bucky and Sam in Baltimore, we said, if anyone could say, do you know who I am? It's the Avengers. John Walker, you ain't an Avenger. You're, you may be Captain America, but you ain't an Avenger yet. You can't be doing that. And uh, even Hoskins afterwards pulls him aside. and He's like, bro, what the fuck? You can't be just losing your mind like that. He said to him, the guy that was holding the flag smashers, he was sheltering him. He's like, yeah, I don't care who you are. So I'm starting to think John Walker is going to have to start doing some things to make people care who he is. And that's going to start sending him over the line. So, I mean, it is baseball season right now. I guess this is my sports uh, comparison and stuff like that. And this is where, you know, we, we divide just like our Ironman cap allegiances. Our baseball teams are different. This felt a little like uh, the Aaron Judge's girlfriend saying, do you know who my boyfriend is? It's when she got pulled over. It was a DUI or I don't remember yeah. what happened exactly. And it's like, Come on, you're not the cat. Like you're not Aaron yeah, Judge. No. Even if you are, like Aaron Judge plays like 20 games a year. Like he's barely he's more of a football player than he is a baseball player. Like <laughs> that was a tough look for for uh, John Walker. Again, I love we just refused to call him Cap. But at this point, in my mind, I think you're either with John Walker or you're with the Flag Smashers. So I mean, you choose. You can choose whoever you want to choose, Robbie. <laughs> Listen, I, 
I feel almost the same way. That's why I'm in a such a between a rock and a hard place here. We're going to get to it, but God damn it, Clem, I'll say it right now. I don't know if the Flag Smashers are the bad guys anymore. <laughs> this episode has made me think. I mean, they do some things where I'm like, all right, you can't be doing that. Maybe you're going a little far with it. But, I mean, they're doing some good things. The same seems like they're trying to give the vaccinations to the right people, right? Right. And um, uh, when he gets spit in the face, I have to give him credit because, like, getting spit in the face and to, like, just take that. I, I almost feel like if, if someone spits in your face, I feel like all laws should be immediately thrown out the window. You can basically <laughs> do whatever you want because it's just, like, one of those things where I feel like you just would see red from, you know, the time you're, like, if you're just a kid to the time you're, you know, a fake Captain America. I, I feel like, like, laws go out the window when you do that. Basically, the purge. This um, Global Repatriation Council, there's a lot of things that, like, come up with the post-blip world that I'm just like, fuck, that would be so hard to handle. Just, like, all this, like, the population and figuring out how you're dealing with resources, getting people back into their lives. We kind of see this, the, you know, a snapshot of it um, with Falcon when he's trying to get the loan and all that with, you know, where's – it's like when you change jobs and, like, it's hard to get, like, a, a mortgage because they're like, well, you didn't have a job for this gap here. You're unemployed. It's like, yeah. yeah, I have a job now, but here, where are your paychecks from, you know, February to, you know, May? I was fucking, you know – unemployed this guy was blipped so there's a lot of stuff with the grc the fact john walker is part of the grc makes me hate him even more i don't know why i guess it's the thanos guy in me that is the GRC. <laughs> he got his like their enemy in, in a very weird way um but yeah a uh, tough look for i haven't seen anybody who is like a legit john walker fan so far which is kind of crazy the internet everyone can always find a way to like like a guy um, again unless part of my take makes you like john walker I didn't because <laughs> they have made every like the least likable people ever likable i don't know if john walker if they could even do that with him i was gonna say it's actually impressive in wrestling terms you always talk about it as like the cool heel nowadays everyone wants to be the cool heel the heel that people cheer for the nwo type whereas like you look at roddy piper or the miz even as a modern guy they never wanted to be the cool heel they wanted to hear as many boos as they possibly got and that's exactly what marvel wants for john walker like we want people to fucking hate this guy and they're doing it little by little in each episode i think they're doing a good job with it as yeah. well we cut to berlin germany baron zemo is in prison and bucky and sam are going to break him out well not yet they're going to talk to him first and Bucky says, let me talk to him alone. I think this is a good idea. You're an Avenger. He fucking hates you. I'm not an Avenger. I was kind of just a pawn for him to use. So he goes in and immediately Zemo starts saying the brainwashing words, which as a villain, like, listen, I hate the villains. Everyone knows I'm a hero guy. I go against the villains, but badass move just to start playing mind games. The second he walks in the homecoming, rusted, this, that. Bucky tells him, you know, that doesn't work on me anymore. He says, oh, I know. I just wanted to see how you would react to it. I was like, oh, shit, Zemo's back. Zemo's back, baby. Here he is. He's a mind games fiend. Um, he apologizes. He says, there's nothing personal against you. You know, you were, like you thought, a pawn in my whole plan. Bucky tells him the serum has been recreated. And Zemo's like, oh, and you came to me because you think Hydra has to do with it. Well, luckily, I know where to begin. Sam doesn't trust him when Bucky goes to him and says, listen, we got to break Zemo out. He fucking knows where to begin. Sam starts saying, there's no way we could break him out. Are you kidding me? We're Avengers. We're going to be on the run again. What happened to Sharon the last time we were on the run? And then Bucky starts telling him this plan. And it sounds like a great plan, a really well thought out, laid out plan, very intricate. Sam's like, what's going on with this plan? Sounds a little too familiar. We realize about halfway through it, 
Zemo has already been broken out. Bucky took it upon himself to do it. We see the entire breakout sequence in a back and forth, almost reminded me of like a Christopher Nolan-esque way and the way he goes with the back and forth shots yeah. like at the end of his movies. I loved the sequence. And then we got the title card immediately afterwards, which this was the biggest cold open we've gotten for Falcon and Winter Soldier and one of the coolest parts of the entire series thus far. I absolutely love the jailbreak. I didn't even know how to how to like put it. Like I guess Christopher Nolan would have would have been an example, but it just felt you know bigger than like just your regular TV show. Was the way that they kind of pieced it all together. It was so fucking awesome. I was basically chanting Zemo, Zemo <laughs> as he said the words. I feel like in villain school, there's a few things they teach you. You know, uh, you do your little soliloquy or uh, what do they call it in in the Incredibles? Your uh, monologue. Um, monologue. monologue. Yeah, you have to do, do your monologue. You have to like know your secret, like the, the timing to like slowly kill someone, all this kind of stuff. Zemo, that motherfucker could teach a course on how to play the shadows. The way he came out of that shadow twice, he had two different things. First was his body, <laughs> then it was his face. I was like, Zemo, you got the shadow game down pat, and I respect the dude. And again, like for the people on YouTube, at least, you are watching Robbie Fox. The, the the face of all faces, the, the king, of the, the fan of faces, break bad. He's becoming a fan of the villains here. He's slowly breaking because Zemo, I think, has you right now. He's, you're wearing, you wore the goddamn mask to start the episode. So uh, shout out to the Barry. The he wore, as soon as he gets oh. out of that, that jail that Cody throws on, oh my God. <laughs> it was as fire as anything that any, has ever been worn in the MCU. So, I, I, yeah, you, I mean... You, like, Sorry to Wakandans. If any Wakandans are listening, we know that you don't like this guy. Shit, that is a problem. We're this this episode is not going to do well on Wakanda. Now that, now no. that you <laughs> I wear these like purple Baron Zemo masks like in public. Like, is that technically part of like your Corona? Is that Corona proof? Like if well, I I saw someone wearing a buff uh, yesterday. I swear to God, in LA, uh, that was a Hydra logo, and I wanted to be oh. like fucking hell Hydra, you know, and just see what they <laughs> said. <laughs> Oh man! So yeah, a big uh, purple masks are on the rise right now. So that that is definitely a stock going up. And I I was kind of like I was like, what's you know is 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 Zemo really so like bad? And then they're like, yeah, you blew up the UN and you killed the Chaka. And I was like, oh yeah, that's that that was a problem. That was that was a really big deal. Yeah, that, that it's kind of like with Bucky. It's like you know he got pardoned from all his other shit that he did in the past. Those are pretty fresh wounds right there. Yeah, they are. He takes the purple mask out of one of his nice-ass cars. He actually shows them this collection of old-fashioned cars, really cool stuff, and reveals himself as a baron. They're like, you've been rich this whole time? He's like, yeah, before my country was destroyed by you guys, I was a baron, which in the comics, he is Baron Zemo. Tremendous way to tie that in. He gets on the plane. Um, Zemo grabs Bucky's book, and he's like, who's Nakajima? Bucky reacts immediately like... Oh my God, grabs him and he's like, fucking don't step out of line again. You don't do anything we don't tell you to do. As they're talking about the book, we get my favorite moment of the episode where they start talking about Marvin Gaye and Zemo says it really defined the African-American experience in America. Sam just delivers this line as funny as any line he delivers in the entire MCU. And he says, he's out of line, but he's right. (laughs) I, I thought, I thought that was so funny. And it was just, again, uh, hammering home that this is a funny Zemo who is stealing the show in every scene that he's in. And they are on their way to Madripoor, as uh, we mentioned before. No fucking lies either. Marvin Gaye is just a delightful listen. That, I'll tell the you, best. I, I have a, a very eclectic mix of music and I throw it on shuffle. And I'll tell you, like, you, you go through the skips where you're like, oh, you know, I don't, I'm not really moved for this. 
Marvin comes on, it's just staying on. He's just playing through and then we'll go to the next song no matter what it may be. I also loved how Bucky was like, I like 40s music. Like, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's at the point now where someone said the other day, like pretty soon this is going to, the 20s are going to be known as the 2020s, not the 1920s. And especially for an old like me, that blew my mind. And I think even for a guy like you who's a little younger, but uh, Bucky at some point, the 40s are going to mean something completely different. And I absolutely love that. It's like, what the fuck? We're for, like, 40s is like basically the time where i really have no idea who were even like 40s like musicians. i barely know 40s music like it's the like rockabilly stuff that i guess inspired the beatles but even the beatles stuff is inspired by a lot of elvis stuff in the 50s and the early 60s so like who inspired elvis in the 40s who i got some little richard here. billy holiday louis armstrong so yeah exactly they, that that definitely adds up i'd say so billy holiday and and all of them he hears the early Beatles stuff. He's like, no, this is too, this is too fucking out there for me. I can't do it. Early 60s, I'm not into it. We check in with the Flag Smashers. Robin Hood is with a woman who passes away, I believe. It was maybe her mother. It's made unclear um, who she is. They talk about her later in the episode, but she's in this big shelter-looking thing. It, it doesn't look good. It looks like they're living in pretty poor conditions. I, I wasn't sure what the hell was going on with this, too. I was completely lost. But what's, her, what's, the, what's the, the woman's name? Did they I forget it was they did say her name later it was might have been Danya something it was a name like that I feel like and she's in the books the uh, the person in this too so I have okay. to I have to I'll have to look into it but it is someone that is in the Marvel books but I I, I didn't know if I was supposed to know what that was going on I by we the apologize way, for not doing the research this week. again <laughs> this is like the the vacation week of MMB but we're still doing the episode the when they were saying like where's Carly and all this stuff I would have loved it. he's just like the chick from Solo you know you're not really sure <laughs> man the chick from Solo also Madripoor was another thing that I didn't realize in the books was a thing. I had I like looked at him like I was like that looks like a pretty like sweet uh, place to go and then I was like is this actually a real place and that's to the point where Marvel has incepted my brain where they're making fake things real I had I had asked about this with the jet too because they're on Zemo's jet and just I love how he like greets the dude and he kind of has that swagger to him immediately coming out obviously with the cars too have you flown on Portnoy's jet before right I have yeah. How many times? Is this a one-time PJ or is this a multiple? Because I need you rough and rowdy. No, multiple. I've I've done um I've done four. I've done like two and from rough and rowdy is, twice. Is it tough to go back to commercial after doing the private? You could be mm. a douche and say yeah, or you can uh, not for me because the private's still like what the private. Yeah. The only time it has been hard. Actually, this was the one time it was hard. We flew out to Mizzou on private, and we flew back commercial once. And that was hard. <laughs> You're flying back with all your like equipment and stuff like that too, right? Exactly. Oh. I had the base with me, so it was like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was just, you know, it made everything a hassle. That's why I don't have money too. I don't want to have to have like just enough money where I do, you know, one way I'm private and then the other way is commercial. So that's why <laughs> I'm just going to take it easy and just be poor yeah, and yeah. for as long as he allows me to be. <laughs> of course. So they go to Madripoor. They're in disguises, or actually just Sam is in a disguise. He is dressed as the smiling tiger. And he's like, why am I dressed like a pimp? He's wearing this loud blazer. It looks like something Ed Hardy would have made in Madripoor or something. And the power broker is watching, is written on graffiti. We're told the power broker runs Madripoor. This is his spot. They go into this club. The Winter Soldier is recognized immediately. So that answers our question that we had earlier. Like, are people just going to recognize the Winter Soldier everywhere he goes? It's like, Jesus Christ. Yes, exactly. That's exactly how it went in this bar. They walk up to the bartender and he goes, smiling tiger. Nice to see you back. The usual. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know me, the usual. 
he gives him this like snake venom shot. He cuts open the snake. It looks like the most disgusting thing of all time. They drink it together. He's like, oh, that was delicious. I loved just the, the little game they were playing here and the humor in it, even though there was a bit of tension where you're like, damn, if they really do get caught, it's going to be serious. Someone comes over to Zemo. They say, you ain't welcome here. He says, well, why don't you bring the power broker to talk to my friend over here, pointing to the Winter Soldier. And they're running the little gambit here that the Winter Soldier is under his brainwash once again. And he's just a lackey. He says, the Winter Soldier, attack. He fucking goes right back into attack mode. Not legitimately. He's acting, but he grabs this guy's uh, arm with his arm, you know, bends it all the way back. We hear screams of agony. And then he fucks up the entire bar amazing amazing action sequence the best hand-to-hand fighting we've seen in the mcu in a while and we get to see bucky retort back to his winter soldier ways in a pretty intense scene yeah that was that was an awesome scene just seeing him just fuck shit up and like he's not doing like i feel like that kind of aggressiveness has kind of been beat out of him when he's not fighting the bad guy so just seeing him just straight up turn it on was awesome if not a little sus let's be honest here he's kind of like riding a bike he just starts fucking these guys up and is like brutal with it um the but my favorite part was just the entire smiling tiger sequence because i personally i love the the nickname smiling tiger they thought it was lame i thought it was awesome because a smiling tiger kind of fucks you up this like massively aggressive creature conrad mack too that is a fucking awesome name i almost like that more than smiling tiger and i like i didn't realize (laughs) i didn't realize he was wearing heels at first so I, I absolutely love that. The only thing I didn't when like, he starts that, running at him, he's like, "I can't run in these heels." <laughs> <laughs> that, that Audi ad when they had the car pull up with the Audi, I'm like, "Come on, Marvel! You guys really?" I mean, I'm sure that was worth more than I've made in like the last five years combined. That two seconds on the screen, that was a little much. I guess you have to kind of get those in when you can in these shows. Someone has to pay for the fifty million dollar budget over these episodes have. Um, but an all time like tough break when he's like the usual and it is the snake guts into the drink or whatever the fuck it was it was it guts or was it eggs or do we know what it was i don't even know i was almost like watching it through my eyes because i don't even drink alcohol i'm such a pussy with alcohol that i'm like that's gross that like watching snake venom be poured into alcohol i was like i'm gonna throw up just watching it oh my god Probably got from looking at the alcohol on the screen, not the snake that was getting gutted and poisoned in the thing. I did not see that coming. That was that's incredible. Have you are you have you ever become a reg, a usual guy anywhere where they come in like you want the usual, Robbie? Uh yeah, pop belly next to the office. I don't even have to really? order a pop belly. Yeah, they just know what my order is. It's like a chicken and order? cheese. It's a real simple thing. They put a little bit of hot peppers on it. Sometimes, sometimes they don't. Some that's what they'll say. They'll be like hot peppers today or no. I'll be like, no. And then they'll just make me the usual. But I haven't been there since the pandemic. It's sad. I used to be friends with all the workers there. We would talk. They knew about Barstool. I knew about their lives. It was great. I love being a usual guy somewhere. And there are times, though, like like, like at some places where I just go so much where they're like, like oh, they're like, before I even say it, they know exactly what I'm going to get. You know, like, oh, you know, two slices and you're going to get, you know, the drink or whatever. And I'm like, I've been here a lot. <laughs> so it hurts when I, you're there at a place too much, but uh, I, I, I'm with you. There's nothing better than being like a usual guy at a place. I've, I've never been at a bar enough to be that, which I, you know, a fucking drink. That's like, 
there's certain levels, like having a sandwich named after you, having your usual at the bar. There's just certain levels to achieve. Uh, snake guts is not on that list, unfortunately for me, that being my usual. But uh, yeah, my pizzeria, actually, uh, Prado Trattoria over here in Carmel. I absolutely love it. And they're just like, all right, we're going to get the two, two. I ordered my two slices. Yep, you're going to get the drink. That's part of the lunch combo. See you later. Boom, boom, boom. So uh, that, was, <laughs> that was my favorite part. But uh, it was kind of weird. It felt a little bit, um, what's the, Ocean's 12 when Tess is Julia Roberts. And it's like, all right, yes. he looks like him that much that he's he's getting it. I was also getting big time most Eisley vibes from this place. Were you getting that? Yeah. Yeah, like the right. I don't like you. My friend doesn't like you either. Like everyone <laughs> had that attitude in this place. Exactly, exactly. And um, I, they, I had that. I've had that once in my life. I went to a, a Tigers game. We went to the bleachers, and I just had this bad vibe. We and everyone in the in the stadium experienced it too. Like all my buddies and I, it was just this like vibe. It was like people were like ready to fight us, and I was like, man, Detroit. I, I kind of give you credit for it for kind of yeah. spooking a bunch of guys from New York, most Eisley style. <laughs> <laughs> so they get this meeting with Selby who was the girl that was like, I believe working with the power broker or knew about the power broker. It was a girl that they wanted the meeting with Zemo offers the winter soldier in exchange for what she knows about the super soldier serum. He says, you can have the soldier and all of the words to command him. If you give us what you know, she says that the serum is in Madripoor. Uh, the power broker had someone named Dr. Nagel make it anything else more. You want to know about that? You're going to have to give me some, some payment, but that's what I'll give you for free. Then Sam gets a phone call. All right, Clem, we're actually going to get serious for a second before we continue. The last year has been hard on a lot of people, and that's why we're doing something new and partnering with our new sponsor, BetterHelp for Online Therapy. I'm actually super excited about this. I have been a big advocate of therapy for a long time. I haven't been in therapy myself for a little bit, but with BetterHelp, I'm going to get back into it. I really am. You know, I've been very open about my struggles with anxiety and depression, and I still face those on a daily basis, literally every day. You don't have to tell everyone your personal business like I just did on the uh, on the podcast, but you can talk to a therapist about it privately. BetterHelp is a customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. You don't have to talk if you don't want to. You can chat with them. I understand therapy is daunting. I've been to a bunch of different therapists over the years. It is weird. You know, when you go see a new therapist for the first time, it's like, man, I'm about to tell you all of my most intimate secrets, my most intimate fears and, and all that stuff. You can get comfortable with a live chat or a phone session or even a video session. If you don't want to see someone in person, a video session could be better in these times as well. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about right now. And remember, it's always a good time to invest in yourself as well because you're the greatest asset. got to keep yourself mentally healthy so you can stay healthy in all other aspects of life. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and our listeners are getting 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Robbie. That's BetterHelp.com, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash Robbie, R-O-B-B-I-E. All right, we can get back into it now. Not good. It's from Sarah as well. And Selby says, pick it up and answer it on speakerphone. So you're like, oh, my God. Everyone, you know, everyone in the room gets quiet. Even if you're watching it in your living room, I'm sure you were like, you could hear a yeah. pin drop in your living room. And Sarah doesn't know what's going on, obviously. So he answers. He's like, hello, what's going on? Trying to answer, like being mean. She's like, what are you, high? Like, what the fuck? We got to deal with this problem. He's like, what problem? She's like, the boat. You know what problem I'm talking about? It seems like they're going to get off fine towards the end. And then she calls him Sam. And that is no good. Because Selby says, Sam, shoot him. 
She gets shot the second she says shoot him, which is like, what the fuck just happened? Whole shootout in this bar. They start running away. Like you mentioned before, Sam's like, I can't run in these fucking heels. And then Sharon Carter steps out of the shadows and she is revealed as the one that shot Selby and saved them. We knew she was going to be in the show. We didn't know when she was going to come into play. Here she is. She has been in Madripoor since she has been on the run, basically. Sam was like, why haven't you come back to the States? Like, we got pardons. She's like, it's different. Like, you guys were on the run. I am on the run. She offers them lodging, and she lives in this gallery-type place, kind of like a cool art gallery. She's made a good life of herself in Madripoor. Yeah, uh, Sharon coming. I didn't. I, I guess we should have. We might have said in the in the future past episode that we expected her. I don't know if you said you did. I didn't think she was coming. So seeing her was a complete like twist. She was I in also, some of the posters I know, so that's why oh, I expected really? her. Yeah. Okay. Hand up. When they said Selby, didn't think Selby was going to be a girl. I don't know if that makes me. I, I know if, since I work at Barstool Sports, it makes me a misogynistic, evil person. But I just didn't think Selby the way they were they were throwing around the word Selby. I feel like that might have been a misdirection. I don't know. Um, Sam, listen, buddy, I love you. You got to turn the phone on silent, not on vibrate. You know, it's it's kind of like they, they say this at the movies, like that's day one hero school stuff. You can't have the phone going off during a meeting. And then it gets because like day one survival and stuff. They're like, if someone answers a phone at the meeting and you're a little skeptical, you make them turn it on voicemail or uh, on, on speakerphone. Selby knew to do that. And fucking Sam, you know, got completely, you know, fucked up. Uh, the, I loved the thing. As soon as Selby died, it was like Selby dead. And there was like the big, I think that was a Bitcoin oh, yeah. symbol. So it was kind of like John Wick esque, where that's the, what I was going to say. Yeah, it, it got like sent out Wick. to everybody, right? And it was like the bounty is out on the people that killed him. I forgot to mention that, but that was very cool. I every I've seen that in in a couple different things. I don't remember what they else, did it in every, Mando. They did it in uh, Mando episode yes. three. That's it. And every time I just go back to the John Wick scene, um, which I guess just shows the appeal of John Wick, where I feel like I feel like if you asked all those people to like, yeah, we took that from John Wick, because I think it's Definitely. one of those that has inspired a bunch of people. So uh, I don't know what the fuck that symbol was, if it was a Bitcoin or if it was some sort of weird Madriporian currency. But uh, I immediately was like, oh, a billion Bitcoin, like fucking Large couldn't even tweet out a, a couple tweets to get his Bitcoin. Yet these motherfuckers <laughs> are ready to kill people for their Bitcoin uh, bounties. That was just me zinging Large because I know he's, he's bummed that he got <laughs> on the Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, so they track Nagel to a container. They tell Sharon Carter, if you help us out, we'll clear your name. We'll get you that pardon when we go back to the States. He's literally in like a shipping container. At least that's where they track him to. They open it up. It's empty. They're like, what the fuck? If you've watched any movies in your entire life, you know that there's got to be a secret push door, back cave type deal here. And there very much is. Um, this is kind of like the Dark Knight Batcave. That had a shipping container entrance when Wayne Manor got burnt oh, down. Yeah. But he's got this whole little underground lab. It's super shady looking. They sneak up on him, all guns drawn, which like, kind of badass like the three of them working together now and it's all empty until it ain't we see dr nagel in the back they tell him to talk they tie him up and people start showing up to kill him immediately i assume the bounty somehow they tracked him through that sharon starts fucking all of them up like sharon carter way more badass than we ever knew she was apparently in winter in uh winter soldier all those movies they give her some stuff they give her like, oh, yeah, she's like a badass spy. She saves Steve Rogers when we think she's just the innocent roommate. Okay, Sharon Carter at this point. Someone said, uh, question-wise, they said, can she take Amanda Nunez? I think she can. I think <laughs> she can give Amanda Nunez a run for her money. I think she can give Conor McGregor a run for his money. <laughs> yeah. uh, I saw, people uh, like this was violent too, more violent than your general MCU scene. 
I saw a poster. It said the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Sharon. And I'm like, yeah, I think she fucking is top building with those two guys. Because I think she might be able to kick their asses too. I love the secret door uh, thing. As soon as they were like pressing on the walls, I was like, let's go. I was thinking of actually, uh, uh, I know it's like a curse word to the fans of the show. But The Wire season two, when they're going through the shipping containers and all that stuff. um, Which, by the way, season two of The Wire, it's a lot of shit. But it's only compared because it's such a, a change from the first great season. But it holds up. It hold, I'm not saying it's the best season of, of The Wire. Far from it. But it, it's not as bad as people say. So just have to let that be known. While we're in the basement, we're in the confines, the friendly confines here. Um, I would have loved to see, even in the background, like Boba or Mando. Just like <laughs> somewhere, like a little Easter egg place there where we see them show up with the rest of the bounty hunters. Sharon probably would have kicked their asses too. Yeah, yeah. Up. Um, oh, by the way, going back to Sharon's apartment, I, f- I forgot to make this point. Seeing that party and like all those people, it completely broke my quarantine brain. I was like, all <laughs> these people are just sharing like oxygen together and they're breathing the same air. And it also like feels like 20 years ago, seeing a place where you could have like everyone part other than the idiots down in Florida who are just doing yeah. spring break every <laughs> single day. And that, like, I feel like we're going to come back to when Sam in Hightown said he doesn't believe in that hero shit. Like this clearly there, there's, there's a lot to Sam like underlying here that I think we're going to get to. Um, but it was so nice to kind of just transition to, just being the shit out of a bunch of bounty hunters, which I mean, that was one of the more impressive uh, single person like beatdowns that I yeah. can remember. Other than like the Hulk, who's the Hulk, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah, he just crushes an entire Thanos' army by himself, but just as like a human fucking sharon and the name sharon makes it even more impressive it's like uh i sharon i think of fucking ken jack sharon left me that's the kind of like <laughs> level is what i'm thinking of with sharon here she is fucking putting the name on her back i think sharon because karen obviously has one connotation to it sharon is like rising up the ranks right now she is and she's you know she's got that agent carter legacy to live up to right yeah. she is living up to it so shout out to sharon and shout out to her aunt peggy nagel you- starts talking oh go ahead do you think this is like Sharon from another multiverse and Cap is her father in this. And that's why she's so bad. Cause like, I'm trying to figure out how she's like, uh, again, this is breaking my brain. Trying I was going to say, no, cause that just broke my brain. I can't even start to think about timelines <laughs> and multiverses and we'll hit the three chi and come back to that. We'll put a pin in yeah, that and we'll yeah. come back to it. Another episode <laughs> with the three chi in our brain. <laughs> uh, Nagel starts talking. He says he was recruited by the CIA. They had blood from, a test subject who we could assume is Isaiah Bradley based on the look that uh, Sam shoots Bucky. They had 20 vials total and they were stolen by Robin Hood, Carly Morgenthau. He got blipped away then. And when he came back, the program, the super soldier program where they were trying to redo the serum had been pushed to the side and they were like, yeah, we're not interested anymore. So he went over to Madripoor. He went to the power broker and the power broker funded all of this for him. Sharon runs in right at this moment, right when he, Basically, is telling them like the the meat and potatoes of the whole thing. And she says, "We're running out of time." Zemo fucking shoots Nagel right where he stands, and an RPG hits the containers. Big explosion. Zemo looks to escape at first, and you think like, "Fuck, is this guy going to be on the run immediately?" But he's not. Not yet. A shootout ensues. A very cool shootout. We get back and forth with Bucky and Sam. This is an every action movie, bro. You should fucking mm-hmm. know this. Great stuff there. And Zemo puts the mask on. Finally, he puts this fucking purple mask on. He grabs himself a gun and uh, he starts fucking up the whole squad. Zemo is not only a good smooth talker. He's not only a great villain. He's a complete and total badass with a gun as well. He's an action movie villain himself. 
So he pulls up in a car after he fucks everyone up. Uh, they get in. Sharon, they tell her to come. And she's like, I can't. Just get me that pardon. And then she gets into a car with a lady. And she's like, we got fucking problems. What was that all about, Sharon Carter? Because that was a little sus. <laughs> that was quite sus. And I I don't want to, you know, call out Agent Carter or potentially Cap's unknown blood that we don't know about here in some multi- multiverse but that was that was extremely sus uh it was no good as a, especially as like a guy who that should be like that's my teammate you know if i'm a cap guy like my team is falcon bucky sharon i'm like all right now i got fucking bucky result retorting back to his winter soldier way sharon doing this like i don't blame sam for not wanting the shield he's like i don't want to deal with these motherfuckers yeah like if if pepper Potts was in bed and you just you know the, the, the camera pans and it's fucking ebony maw in there his little <laughs> it's bad for me as an iron man guy right so this isn't looking good for you bob and again that's gonna be the thing that's gonna finally break bob and turn him to the bad guy side with the rest of us is when he can't even trust his cat people anymore he doesn't know who to trust he's gonna come to old fucking baron zemo who's just sniping people he's like a he's a good shot i mean that's the way that's like the way to put him he's just just awesome throwing the mask back on we talked about it in wandavision how i was really excited and i guess we'll see in strange if we see the the arc of a comic book hero becoming a villain with wanda i i love when the comic book villains don't become heroes but they like work with the heroes and it's for more than just you know a frame or a book and then it's like ha 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 I got away I like that we're going to have Zemo working hand in hand for at least another episode or two I don't expect him to be on their side for you know even the rest of the series let alone the the the, the near future but I just love that kind of shit the rocket launcher listen I love that that rocket launcher, the damage it did, because <laughs> that, like, when you have a rocket launcher in a video game. I was going to say video game damage yeah, right there. Fortnite, uh, I mean, for an old man might be Doom 2, uh, GoldenEye, all those kind of things. Like the I'll shout out Halo 3. Okay, Halo 3. All those games, when you have the rocket launcher, you feel like you're basically God, right? So it was so nice to see it. I never realized I was scared of shaking beakers until I was watching it. Like, that just inspired something primal in me when they were saying, I'm like, oh my God, something terrible is going to happen. That is something deep in our human DNA. Some Jurassic Park-esque in like the (laughs) ripple effect of the glass and the waters that, you know, like, it's just like, oh fuck, shit's about to happen. Oh my God. I have to rewatch it, but when he put that mask on, I don't know if there was any kind of musical cue with it, but I wish Zemo had a musical cue when he th- when the mask comes out because I think he's earned it at this point. Again, where this is this is a Zemo podcast apparently right now. We are a Zemo really? stand. I mean, even we forgot to mention there's that one scene when they go in the club and he's fucking fist pumping. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic that was amazing that was a gift immediately it was on yeah. twitter immediately i was like all right we're doing good like everyone on the internet still has their fastball after a year <laughs> in quarantine i was so happy to see that um, that was so good and i loved the uh like you said they, they talked about the action scene like boom, and then the move your seat up that was the call back to when he wouldn't move his seat up for uh when bucky was in the back right and yeah and, uh what movie was that when they were sitting that was winter soldier that was Winter Soldier. Or it so might have been Civil War even. I don't know. It was one or the other. Civil War, I think. It was a great callback, though, and I, I appreciated that. Again, I, I like shit like that. I know some people think it's, like, too much fan service stuff. Like, things like that, I think, are very minor, though. I think it's fine. 
Totally. And with the fan service, this is complete tangent, but we got the Space Jam 2 trailer this week, and I saw a lot of film Twitter shitting on the fact that, like, the crowd is just, as we saw in the trailer, everyone from every movie ever. Fucking Danny DeVito's Penguin, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze, The Mask, The Clockwork Orange People, The Night Walker from Game of Thrones. They're like, oh, this is what this fucking movie's going to be? This is the future of cinema right here? It's just going to be, remember this guy, remember that guy? It's just another Ready Player One. Guys, it's fucking Space Jam. We're making the crowd look fun. Like, it's not the fucking Godfather. Chill out. If you can't have space, if you can't have fan service in Space Jam, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, come on. If you don't think the night the uh, Night King watching fucking LeBron James play basketball with Bugs Bunny is cool, what are you doing? Yeah, I, exactly. I mean, everyone was shitting on Space Jam before. Sorry, and I, I'm sure I, I like wasn't really thrilled. About I kind of was before the trailer, and then I saw the trailer. I was like, all right, it seems like they're doing some cool shit with this. Just have fun with it. I mean, that was like the coolest thing about Ready Player One. Every fucking yeah. I mean, again, I just said I wanted to see Boba Fett and Mando in the background <laughs> fucking up a shower. Exactly. Fucking people like we think I, it's cool when crossovers happen. When we recognize things, nostalgia. That's all fine. Why do people yeah. look down on that all of a sudden? Yeah, it's uh, everyone's just so angry these days. So I know they don't want to have fun. <laughs> so we go to Lithuania. Carly Morgenthau says that she wanted to be a teacher. Uh, she actually seemed like a good person. She's talking to a fellow flag smasher. This is a moment where I'm like, God damn, this is like I wrote down in my notes. Flag smashers may be good guys. They want to help kids in camps. She wanted to be a teacher. She just wanted to help people her whole life. Uh, we cut to John Walker really quickly. He realizes that they've broken Zemo out, and Hoskins is like. Are you fucking crazy? But John Walker, he's an asshole, but credit to him. He fucking knows what they're up to. He's very on it. We cut right back to Sam and Bucky. Sam says, listen, I'm tired of hearing about this fucking shield. You know what I should have done with the shield? I shouldn't have gave it up. I should have destroyed it. So there's no shield. And then Bucky, for the first time all season, we get a hint of maybe he wants the shield because he says, I'll take that shield and steal it back myself before I let you blow it up. So now there's, you know, another, another layer added to this show. We all assumed, I think, by the end that Falcon will become Captain America. John Walker will go to the side, maybe U.S. agent or something like that. Now I think it's up there. Maybe Bucky wants to be Captain America. I still lean that Falcon will be the eventual one to get that title, but maybe Bucky will like give him his blessing. They're really making us earn that Sam as Captain America, where at the end of Endgame, we kind of assumed like, oh, shit, cool. He's the new Captain America. No, no. They're making us wait for it with a slow burn. Clem, we got to take one more ad break for our friends at One Championship. That's right. The home of mixed martial arts is coming to primetime in the U.S. It's One Championship's biggest month in history with four weeks of blockbuster events in April, immediately following AEW Dynamite every Wednesday night. Do not miss one on TNT at 10 p.m. Eastern and Pacific time. Witness nonstop martial arts action in MMA, Muay Thai, and kickboxing in a cage. It's a martial arts spectacle like you've never seen before. The series kicks off on Wednesday, April 7th, with one on TNT1. After winning the grueling one flyweight World Prix, 12-time UFC world champion Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson seeks to cement his legacy as the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. In order to achieve GOAT status, DJ will have to dethrone a six-time one flyweight world champion, Andranio Morais, who promises to be the first man to finish Mighty Mouse. Plus, four-time UFC and Bellator world champion, Philadelphia's very own Eddie, the underground king. Alvarez is out to prove he belongs among the elite in the promotion after a challenging start. And standing in his way is dangerous number two lightweight contender, Arai Lapikius. Catch one on TNT one this Wednesday night, April 7th on TNT after AEW. Catch the lead card starting at 8.30 Eastern time on Bleacher Report. And remember, the best fights are on Wednesday nights. We come right back to the Flag Smashers really quickly. 
and they blow a place up. She says it's the only language that these people understand. There are people left inside. They're going a little too far with the killing, but as I mentioned before, they seem like good people before that. <laughs> <laughs> so that, my exact notes was this was a tough look for the Flag Smashers. God damn it. That was my, those were my exact thoughts like that. I didn't love that. Dina Madani, is that? Okay, um, that's her name. Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. So I looked at that. Okay, so I have that in the notes here. So that was the person that uh, passed away who, who was sick in Lithuania or whatever. Um, Sam having second thoughts, the destroying the shield thing. That was, I'm sure Bob Fox was not liking all the talk about destroying the shield, right? No. Yeah. I, where I don't have a shield on my shirt, but I was like, <laughs> damn, he's got it on his back. Can't destroy got, that shield, man. Can't destroy the shield. It's a symbol, goddammit. It stands for something. Um, so she said uh, dead, and they talk about Riga, Latvia. I'll tell you about that's where I flew into when I went to Latvia. So I really, I saw Latvia. You were the first person I thought of. I turned, I said, I've been to Latvia. I'm so proud of myself that I could be one of the few people in this world that like out of when bars, when stoolies here, Latvia, I'm one of the first two people. And sometimes the first, it's either me or Porzingis. It's which one you think of first. The fact that I own that corner, I'm very proud of it (laughs) in this day. And I saw Riga. I was like, holy shit. I can't believe in this timeline that I'm living in. I actually know where this is. I've been there. It's a lovely city. It's a nice little place. I compare it to almost, people always say, what's Latvia like? I I honestly, I thought it was going to be one of two ways when I went there. I thought it was either going to be like, feel like I was in a black and white, like 1950s Soviet Union, Eastern European country and everything was just like black and white it was just weird ass place or i thought it was going to be like because the name latvia kind of sounds like bavaria and i thought it was gonna be all these like you know kind of looks like a, a beer house you know what i'm saying with yeah. like people wearing their like oktoberfest gear leader yeah, leader housings yeah, yeah 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 no it just kind of felt like montreal it's like the there's a lot of like uh stone roads and and sidewalks and stuff like that there was like me and hank hank every because hank and i feel know we went to latvia to shoot a thing for me asking latvians about chris taps porzingis back in 2016 we knew each other for about five minutes we had met one random night at a barstool party i'd spoken for maybe five minutes so we went there hank hank tgi fridays there's like there's kfc <laughs> mcdonald's so it's not like you don't feel completely out of place english latvian and russian are the three languages so you kind of get enough english there but it was definitely very weird to see riga just just popping up on my fucking screen there um, i like the i like the aesthetic of not only latvia but like the lithuania setup everywhere they were, they were filming this episode yeah. like in europe i thought it was a very cool aesthetic very cool background like you said the cobblestone all that it was, it was nice yeah i dug it and i like Madripoor. i had to look it up because i was like is this a fucking um like where is this place it seems like it sounds like a really like real place nope fake place completely it's that's in southeast asia and even that kind of had the vibe to it. i don't know where they shot that part of the episode because that like view of the skyline the city it, it did make you feel like it was a real place the uh, flag of the flag of Madripoor. i don't know if you saw what it looks like bob it's fucking no. sick. I'm a big oh, is flag it? guy. I'll throw I it on love, the screen right yeah, now. Throw it on the screen. It's a fucking crescent moon, or I don't even know if it's even a crescent, a waning gibbous. I don't know where we are. I don't know my moon faces <laughs> all that much, but it's a slim, thin piece of the moon. Has a goddamn, looks like a lion on there, and he has a star above Oh, yeah. I just looked it up. That's nice. Big Magic Poor fan. Yeah, big Magic Poor guy. I, I might become, and like, 
What are you, a magic Are you warrior? the power broker? Are you the I might power be the power broker. <laughs> I might be the power broker. You guys have to keep watching. You're trying to sell out. us on Madripoor tourism over here after we just learned it was the worst place in the world. <laughs> no, right, we don't have one COVID get... case in Madripoor. Not one COVID <laughs> case in Madripoor. Come on over. I don't believe that with those bars. I don't believe that with those snake juice bars. <laughs> before we get into the sus list, a.k.a. the Hydra list, let's talk about the end of the episode. Simo and Sam go on to continue researching, and Bucky notices a little ball. And I didn't recognize this right away. And when we got to the end of the episode, I went, oh, how could I not recognize that? It's from the bracelet and all that. But he starts realizing there's these little things all over the city. And I thought, John Walker first, is that how he knew they broke him out? Is he spying on them? But no, it was Io from fucking Wakanda. And she is here for Zemo. As Bucky says, I was wondering when you were going to show up. And she, you know, no bullshit. She's like, I'm fucking here for Zemo. Where's Zemo? You ain't cool with uh, the guy who killed your king getting broken out of prison, especially by people that you thought were your allies, that you offered shelter to for years, that you gave a great nickname to, the White Wolf. There's going to be some tension between these two next episode. She's going to be like, listen, either you give me Zemo or you lose the nickname White Wolf. Like, Like, forget about all the reasons I need Zemo for this. I really don't want to lose that White Wolf. So I'd love to see that being the conflict going on in Bucky. Um, Again, this, I I forgot why, how the whole... Zemo thing was tied into the kind of like, oh yeah, it's already killed their king. Kind of a big deal. Um, I hate this too because as we've said multiple times, as, as we started rocking these mess, I'm a Zemo guy. I like Zemo. I don't want to be against Wakanda though. I like being a, 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 a friend of Wakanda as well. So this is going to be a real problem for me next episode, rooting for what's going to go on because I was not fucking with anybody right now with this. So um I, I had no idea with the balls as well. I was very confused about all that, but they had uh, those bracelets. It was like the bracelet of balls in black Panther. And then when, uh, what's his name? The dude that was with them, when he gets shot, they shove some of those balls in his wound and it like heals him unnaturally quickly. They're like super fucking, you know, Wakandan technology balls. This was great. Like you said, we got a lot of shades of gray in this episode from everyone, from Zemo, from Sharon Carter, from Bucky, from Sam, everyone, you know, you're on your toes about even John Walker, even Hoskins. Hoskins seems like a good guy, to be honest with you. John Walker's buddy, Battlestar. I know he's got his lame name, Battlestar. It's rough, (laughs) but he seems like like even when he sees John Walker messing up, he's like, bro, you're fucking Captain America. Come on. You got to you got to withhold to some standards here. And John Walker doesn't seem like he wants to do that. The spit in the face, by the way, we were talking about the that guy spitting in John Walker's face. We got to give a shout out to the all-time Hakalugi in someone's face, Bret Hart, Montreal Screwjob, yes. Vince McMahon. From the ring, like he really fired that thing. Like he had that Baron Zemo sniper shot. <laughs> and it was like the perfect amount of like it, it wasn't like a, an extra like, it, like slippery stuck in Vince's face. Yeah. He had to like wipe it off yeah it was gross fred hart holla if you hydrate you gotta hydrate yourself man you're the hitman you're sweating i know you're like all oiled up and sweating it out with your hair and everything but if like only that- the flag smashers had like a wcw type thing he could have wrote in the air in in front of john walker's face you know it's too long to write flag smashers it's the whole thing um let's get into the hydra list aka the sus list all right so number three on this this one's tough I don't know what to make. Is Selby actually dead? Because uh, Oh, I think she's dead. Okay, so if, if Selby's dead, dead, she's off the list. Because that's kind of like my four. Because it just seems so weird that it's like we meet her. She dies in such a weird circumstance. And then it's like, boom, she's it. So if Selby is alive, that's my little asterisk. If alive, Selby's on the list. Number three, just because we mentioned her already, 
this whole thing with Sharon is very extremely sus. And listen, I like Sharon. I want her to be okay. When you're on the run for that long and you're rubbing elbows with the hooligans of Madripoor, you're going to have to like kind of dive into the underbelly just to stay alive. So I'm not judging her. She was caught up in this entire civil war thing. She backed the wrong side. She backed the wrong person in the civil war, which was cap. Let's be honest. As everything has played out, we know how it has happened. Half the universe died going his way where the half the universe doesn't die. Probably. Yeah, it was all cap's fault. That was all cap's fault. He could have done on cap. Come on. Listen, so people are saying in the questions, we're not going to do questions this week. Like we said, we're tight on time, but someone wrote and says, is Sharon Carter, the power broker. I don't think she's the power broker herself but i hate to say this i think there's a chance she's working for the power broker she's the power broker's broker i think yeah. that's what sharon carter if i had to guess, yeah. I had to guess. so the that's PBB. why she, she's the pbb she's number three on the sus list <laughs> number two on the sus list this one hurts but i think we can all uh, hear me hear me out on this one bucky i knew you were gonna say it <laughs> now listen this is the reason why I, I and it's not even his fault i don't think he even knows it I'm telling you, Zemo, I think, has like super secret code words. This is the one that's on the last page. If everything else has been programmed out, you say the word, you know, uh, applesauce. Boom. It's fucking straight up, you know, Winter Soldier 2.0, and he's fucking shit up again. We could see how we could just turn it on in an instant. I honestly think there's a chance with Zemo out now, it can go a bad way for Bucky. So it's almost not his fault. Also, I don't like how. how I, all right. I don't like how smoothly he said the word archipelago when he was talking about magic board. <laughs> that's not a word a normal person can just call out on their own. So this season I'm like, sus. That is a sus thing to do. Is like you you know exactly all about magic board, and that's an archipelago. It took me, I wrote it in Google how I thought it was how I thought it was spelled. Google had no idea what I was saying. I had to then <laughs> like, retype know, it. It was like, dude, I have no idea. It's like, oh, archipelago. You're on your own with this one. And he's just using that in his like everyday vernacular. Sus as fuck. And Sam even thought, you know, in the bar, he says, like, are you good, bro? Like, are you're good, right? And he had to make sure. So either Bucky is a great actor or he was feeling that pull to the dark, if you want to do the Star Wars terms with it. Yep. Uh, and again, no couch at the house. It's kind of a villain move right there. But someone, someone hit us up about that. I didn't realize that was a callback. When Bucky and Steve start talking, they're like, oh, the beds were too soft when you got back from deployment, weren't they? And they said, yeah. So that was actually a bit of a clever callback that neither of us picked up on. Shout out Kevin Feige for putting that one right over our heads. Tip of the cap to to the Feige and tip of the cap to whoever pointed it out. That was good shit. Number one on the Hydra list. And I mean, this has only uh, been validated by what went on. Yori. What? How has that been validated? Because of the list? Because Zemo was like. Who is Nakajima? I guarantee Zemo knows everyone on that list front and back. Nakajima is a fake name, just like Yori is probably a fake name. Everything's fake. Yori, number one. If, on Yori, the if Yori turns out to be sus by the end of the season, I will never trust any old man ever again. I'll never help any old people cross the street. I'll never say nice things to them. I'll look at them all with a sus, eye, sus look in my eyes. I mean, again, this this is the thing. I really actually do like Yori a lot. It's just that. When I, I always look at the odds at the sports books and stuff, and I look for those Super Bowl winners, 
the first like six teams, seven teams on the odds, I just completely wipe them off. So I'm be like, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? I don't even think of the Chiefs because I'm always <laughs> thinking of like the Colts or if the Giants are somehow in the mix. Like those are the teams I look at. So I just turn a blind eye to the people that are obviously like, Zemo. All right, sweet. I could say Zemo's on this. No, Yori, I'm telling you, if I cash that check, that ticket in, my kids, I could pay for their college and offer this Yori ticket. So I'm going. Who is Nakajima? Who is Nakajima? You tell me, Yori. You tell me. There was a promo for BFFs this week that I watched that was I, – I feel bad, like, laughing about it because I think it's a serious issue for the Josh Richards kid who seems like a very normal guy, by the way. Every clip I've seen with Dave and that kid, I'm like, all right, he seems like a very normal, down-to-earth kid. But he, his girlfriend, like, maybe cheated on him with his best friend, and he's like – there's a clip where he's like, girls want to know how fuckboys are made. This is how. And this is how I feel about Yori. Guys want to know how fuckboys are made. If Yori turns out to be sus, fuckboys are going to be made. <laughs> We'll never trust anyone ever again. Put that That's on. a good note to end it on, though, with, the, with the BFFs comparison. Shout out that. You're, you're not getting nerdy references and TikTok references anywhere else but my mom's basement. Thank you to our sponsors. We will get back to questions, theories, comments from you guys next week. Sorry we were tight on time this week. We won't be on a vacation schedule next week or anything, so we'll do a fucking deep dive. We'll do a fucking hour and a half or something. We'll get Brendan Clancy on. We'll go over the top for you guys. Um, shout out to Baron Zemo just for being Baron Zemo. We're looking out for him next week. Hope to get some more fist pumping or something, some more dancing, some more Marvin Gaye references, and we will talk to you guys next week.